Welcome to Redressing Weddings. I'm Ilya Parkins. In the last episode, we heard about some of the ideas, visions, and sometimes conflicts that queer and feminist women had around wedding dresses. This time, we get to hear about dress specifics, what shopping was like, what it felt like when they wore it, what happened after the wedding. We have a window on what's unique to the experience of the dress for queer and feminist women, things that don't usually make it into the stories of wedding dress buying and wearing that are repeated endlessly in this culture. Liz, who wore a white gown while her wife wore suiting, let us in on the more difficult side of the process of dress buying, the frustrations we don't tend to hear about. I think it was probably there about two or three hours getting manhandled in and out of, of all these dresses, which I didn't ever realize you can't put on by yourself. And they don't fit. They don't fit. You know, there's a, a foot at the back where they don't do up because they only have one in every size. And so you're expected to make this massive decision because they're really expensive. You're expected to make this massive decision from looking at yourself in a dress that actually doesn't fit. And Jacqueline, who married her wife in a two-white dress wedding, talked about how they had a bit of trouble finding what her wife initially wanted to wear and how this shaped the process of getting their clothes for the wedding. Aubrey originally thought that she wanted to wear um, a pantsuit. And I thought that would have been an incredible idea because I love when women wear really tailored pantsuits. It's a great look on anyone. Um, But we had a really hard time finding someone near us that either had experience in tailoring um, a pantsuit for women or just any kind of bridal shops that had something other than dresses. So we kind of hit a roadblock from that. So we decided next, a kind of next route would then be looking for a bridal shop that, you know, not necessarily caters to LGBT people, but that they were open in terms of allowing, you know, different sexual orientations. So we decided that we wanted dresses that would complement each other, but also didn't really look too much alike, and we were able to find that. They approached the shopping having done a lot of research. As we heard about in the episode on suits, wedding apparel shopping takes an on an extra layer of work for queer folks to find businesses that are going to make them feel comfortable. We ended up finding um, a LGBT-friendly wedding dress shop through some of our other friends that are also a same-sex couple that got married. So we researched them, looked for similar dresses online, and then when we arrived to the store, they had a pride flag hanging. They had stickers saying, like, this is a safe zone with the uh, pride flag. So that was really nice. Um, But when we walked in, they asked the same question that everyone else asked. Is this your sister? Is this one of your bridesmaids? And when we said, like, no, we're both shopping for wedding dresses, they were very sweet asking if we wanted to, you know, be involved in each other's process for wedding dress shopping, which I thought was very sweet. In Jacqueline's case, their shopping together as a couple was what led her to her wedding dress. So it was definitely a bonus. From the beginning, we knew that we were going to know what each other's wedding dress looked like, even though it was not their traditional way of doing it. Aubrey actually chose the wedding dress that I ended up buying because she saw it before I did and asked um, the salesperson that was helping us if she could, you know, try on that dress or if I could try on that dress. And I ended up falling in love with it. And Jacqueline told us what it felt like in the store after her wife had picked it out and she'd tried it on. We wonder if it was the fact that her partner had picked it out that made her feel so special. After all, when your lover picks something out like this, it's so often a sign that they really see you. They know you. 
It was absolutely wonderful. Um, I You always hear stories of people crying when they put on their wedding dress. And I didn't have exactly that experience. But as soon as I put it on and looked in the mirror, it just really felt right. It felt like this is, you know, the dress that I was supposed to wear, the dress that just felt really good. And Jessica had a great description that captures the sweet spot of any special occasion clothing, I think. I felt really comfortable and I felt very elegant. Anna really opened our eyes to the ambiguity of the wedding dress, on the other hand, how it can feel both really good and a little bit challenging all at once. I felt really excited (laughs) when I put on the dress. It was kind of a symbol of um, a momentous occasion, I suppose. But I also felt at times a little bit constricted um, because it had a train and I was outside and I clearly had not thought this through, but it kept catching on things. It seems to me like a lot of wedding attire is, uh, is made with the idea of like a church wedding being on clean, (laughs) clean floors without things that might catch on it. So, um, so overall, I felt really excited and like comfortable and and happy. But uh, on the other hand, I also um, had some impediments (laughs) while wearing the gown. And Christine also gets at how the dress can be all sorts of things at once, including messy. I really loved it. It was just like, I felt, I felt pretty and fancy and fun in it. So we started with the first look. We were in a forest area. Um, so there was lots of walking through dirt and sticks and brambles. I remember being a little bit worried about the snagging blackberry bushes and things like that, but that it was all okay. It was the beginning of the day and I was seeing my husband-to-be for the, the first time that day and it was very exciting. I remember when we got to the church, I found a friend to quickly help me in the nursery areas where they stash the bridesmaids before you walk down the aisle and I said I have all the bits of the forest in my dress um all the layers had sticks and leaves and everything in them so we wanted to make that less visible before walking down the aisle and then at the reception walking up a big staircase and into the main room Anthony actually stepped on my dress um, and it had a little rip sound. It wasn't a visible tear. There were so many layers in the dress. I think it's chiffon or something. So you couldn't actually see anything, but it was just that sound of the dress ripping. At one point there was some pie spilt on my dress by my husband. So there was some high emotions coming from my side. Christine's description of all the wear and tear on her dress opens up the ways that even though this is, as she says, such a fun thing to wear, it also gets dragged through a lot. And when she talks about high emotions, you can really feel what it's like to live that conflict. Here's this highly charged object, all bound up with ideas about beauty and perfection, literally being dragged through the mud. You're watching your fantasies disintegrate in real time while you wear it on the day. We also heard some really lovely and compelling thoughts about what it's like to wear the dress alongside your partner in their dress. We're so used to thinking of the bride in a wedding gown as a sort of singular, beautiful object. But these descriptions of two lovers in wedding gowns introduce something so distinct into our images of women getting married. My favorite part of our relationship is that we're so supportive of each other. And I I, I really felt that on the wedding too. I mean, it really felt like it's a partnership, of course, but it felt like an event that we had both worked so hard and both put so much time into um, pulling off. And so it really felt like, you know, 
a labor of love that that represented both of us. You know, in getting ready, we we didn't have a professional hair and makeup team, but I ended up doing Nicole's hair and she ended up helping with my makeup. And so I think that there was a lot of um, like teamwork in just getting ourselves ready and making ourselves feel good and, and beautiful. And, and I just thought that that was a really lovely moment. We have a few candid photos of getting ready on the day. And I, I love the fact that Nicole and I kind of did her hair for our wedding together. It's, it was very sweet and yeah. And, and so I think that a lot of that, a lot of those good feelings also kind of informed how, how we felt on the day in terms of our appearance. And, and because of the whole day felt just like a really beautiful, moment and so I feel like my appearance played into that and, and was affected by that and um and and I think it was important for me that ultimately I did feel like myself I just felt like myself on a really good day <laughs> the idea of getting dressed getting ready as a form of love and care is so strong in this description and Jacqueline gave us some insight into what it felt like in the wedding to be there alongside her wife in their dresses it felt really special um I you know, knew that I was going to walk down the aisle and I was going to, you know, we were going to walk down the aisle together and we'd be in these beautiful complimentary dresses. So it just, it felt really right. And we both kind of talked afterwards and felt that we both felt like brides the entire time. We were wearing these beautiful dresses. We felt really strong, really empowered. Um, it was a really beautiful feeling to both walk down the aisle together in those dresses. I'm so struck here by the way wearing complimentary dresses seems to work to solidify the sense of their bond on this day. It's all about showing and affirming that bond. That sense of dress facilitating bonds with people you love also came up when we talked to some people about their feelings about the dress after their weddings. Christine had a really poignant account of what it was like to look at and think about the dress now a few years later. I think it was kind of surreal. This outfit carries so many memories with it. It was my first time actually opening up the package that my wedding dress is in since putting it away. And so that'd been about five years. The back of the dress was half done up. I think I just kind of stuffed it in there when I put it away finally. So seeing it in the state that I had left it, and I don't remember my exact memories when I when I put it away, but just witnessing whatever it was that I was feeling then, uh, lifting it out and putting it on and trying to do up the corset in the back. It's not meant for one person. It was fun to be by myself wearing my dress. Before we talked, I think I twirled around my room a little bit. Yeah, I think there was a lot of emotions. There's happiness and sadness and wow, that day actually happened. There was so many feelings on that day that were just one day. My best friend um, passed away a few years ago and there are a lot of memories connected with her and the dress. Um, yeah, she's actually, I have pictures of she and I on her, on my wedding day, <laughs> uh, everywhere in the house and it's funny that it's now it's just become this photo thing that I don't or can't think about in depth all the time when I see them yeah but she was very connected to that dress there's so much feeling captured here and it's so bound up with other people so that the dress becomes a keepsake not only of her wedding day but of her late best friend 
What's attached to the dress far exceeds her relationship with her spouse and her wedding, and it shows us that the dress has multiple purposes. And Anna took a sort of opposite tack, not keeping the dress, and a multi-purposing of the dress in a different way, by letting it become someone else's dress. Originally, I was sort of hoping or thinking about purchasing a gown that I would like keep um, with like a long-term kind of time frame, but we moved house and I decided to sell it. <laughs> so I let go of the gown and allowed somebody else to use it to enjoy. So um, I guess I think some people when they have a wedding gown, like they're super attached to it as like an artifact day, or they have this idea that it might be something they would pass down or have expectations of um, a future daughter wearing. I guess I, I really don't want that to be the case. <laughs> I want my future um, children to choose whatever they want to wear. Um, if they choose to have a union like this. And I kind of, it felt kind of like freeing to sell the dress. It's just like, okay, yeah, I wore it. I enjoyed it. It was something that I put some thought into, but now I'm moving forward with my life. And there are other moments that I can put that kind of intentional thinking into. In letting go of the dress, Anna wasn't letting go of the memories of the day she wore it, but of the whole apparatus of expectations that come with the dress about what she's supposed to care about and do with her life, and what she's supposed to remember as the pinnacle of her happiness. All in all, this exploration of wedding dresses of feminist and queer folks really opens up for us the meeting of fantasy and reality that happens with this highly charged garment. And it shows us the ways that clothing, especially for this kind of special occasion, acts as a kind of adhesive, deepening and showing the bonds between people. We hope you'll join us for the next episode when we'll get to hear more about dress and those bonds between people as we explore the role that family plays in the wedding and what people choose to wear. Redressing Weddings is produced by Ilya Parkins and Kenya Gutteridge. Editing is by Kenya Gutteridge. The podcast is supported by funding from the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. Our deep thanks go to all participants for sharing their stories.